Hello everyone and welcome back to Just One More Opinion. My name is Charlie and today is a very special day as we revisit a cultural phenomenon, an Oscar-nominated movie, the masterpiece that is Black Panther, directed by the talented Ryan Coogler and starring the late Chadwick Boseman, who passed away earlier this year. Today we will celebrate him as the King of Wakanda, and remember how his performance impacted the whole world and inspired millions of children. Chadwick was an extremely kind soul, and his legacy will not be forgotten. Wakanda forever. Like I just said in the introduction, guys, this episode will be about celebrating Chadwick Boseman's portrayal of T'Challa, the Black Panther. Even though his passing was shocking and I still can't process it, really. Today we will we will smile through the tragedy and be grateful for what he has given us, for for what he, he gave to so many chil- children, young children, specifically from black and brown communities who who just received this was hope and a hero in Chadwick, who a hero who looks like them and is graceful, honorable, and truly a role model. Um, and of course, I'm, I'm not speaking for those communities, I'd be ashamed if I did, but I am an ally to the BLM movement and I try to fight for those who are oppressed as much and as loudly as I can. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, this is going to be a really tough one, guys. So let's, let's just move on. Um, when I went to the, th- the movie theater to watch this movie, I was in, in London at the time, and London's such a culturally rich city, so different from my hometown, and as I walked through the crowd of so many families and young kids who were so excited to watch Black Panther finally have his own movie on the big screen, I, I was myself filled with joy and emotion. I felt as if I was about to experience something really special, and thankfully I did. Black, Black Panther is a, a movie about struggle, um, and it tackles themes that are very much connected to the story of black people who have been ostracized and tormented by past colonizers and present bigots. Um, and while it does eff- reflect the experience of an enormous group of people, its story should affect everyone who watches it. It's a reminder of the suffering and segregation that the black communities have endured. Um, but it's also a presentation of the beauty of their culture, of how colorful their nations are. The cinematography in this movie is just amazing. The the African landscapes and the country of Wakanda itself is just a marvel to look at. And even though we only seem to see the good things that this nation has to bring and how wonderful their lives are, as they are inside this safe, technologically advanced region, uh, which is Wakanda, it's in the main antagonist's story that we are presented with the reality that many have lived through in the real world. In my opinion, Black Panther is the most important Marvel movie. Um, and I think that we all need to be aware of the message that the film attempts to pass to anyone who is neglecting the truth in this planet. And it's a message that has been broadcasted for decades by so many brilliant men and women who wished for real change to happen, which is why I think it's so upsetting that in 2020 we were reminded of how cruel some people are, how bigoted, how evil, how ignorant millions of people are. And 
it's it's heartbreaking. 2020 has been the toughest year I think any of us have endured. And every time I watch a movie like Black Panther, which brings forward a request for peace to create a single tribe to retell the same story that we are more alike than we are different, but but the world is still divided, so very divided. It just it hurts and it's deeply disturbing not knowing when this will stop and when when things will get better for everyone um i'm sorry i drifted away from this episode's central point <laughs> but i feel the need to do so i i just wanted to stress this out black panther is not just a marvel movie it's literally a cultural phenomenon chadwick boseman was not just an actor playing a superhero he was a symbol he became an icon and i am so grateful that this movie exists not for me but for any and every kid that felt empowered by T'Challa, by the story of Wakanda, by the message of this extraordinary movie. And, and yeah, with that said, I, should, I, think, I, should, I think I should continue. Um, I'm going to take a break and, and I'll be right back. Okay guys, I'm back. Let's dive into the story then. Or first, the characters actually, as we get many new additions to the MCU. Of course, T'Challa returns from Civil War, as well as Everett Ross, played by Martin Freeman, who helps T'Challa fight against our main villain in the heat of the final battle. Um, Ulysses Claw returns from Avengers Age of Ultron too. again. <laughs> Andy Serkis is so funny, and I was so sad that he was killed off in this film. What a waste. He could have been a recurring side villain in future installments, but I guess Marvel wanted to go a different route. T'Challa's father, King T'Chaka, also returns for some flashback scenes and other sequences, which I'll get into in a bit. But he's not the only family of our hero that we encounter. Angela Bassett plays his mother, Queen Ramonda, and Letitia Wright plays his little sister, Shuri, who is a Tony Stark-level genius, being the one who builds new tech and suits for her brother T'Challa. Shuri is really one of the standout roles of the film, in my opinion. But this movie has lots of those, and that says a lot. But yeah, her interactions with T'Challa are so funny and sibling-esque. I love their dynamic, and I cannot wait to see what, uh, where the character goes from here. In another flashback scene, we meet Prince Njobu, T'Chaka's brother, uncle to T'Challa, played by Sterling K. Brown. And in that same scene, we meet a young Zuri, who is later played by Forrest Whitaker. As for T'Challa's other trusted advisors and warriors, we have Wakabe, Okoye, and Nakia. Wakabe is played by Daniel Kaluuya, and he's a member of the Border Tribe, a good friend of T'Challa's. And he has lost both of his parents because of Ulysses' claw, uh, of his, of Ulysses Claw's attack on Wakanda 30 years prior to the story of this movie. Okoye is played by Denai Gurira, and her character's allegiance to T'Challa is put to the test in the third act, when her sense of duty challenges her ideals. She's a great fighter and can provide for some good comedic moments when the opportunity comes up. Um, and then we have Nakia, played by Academy Award winner Lupita Nyong'o, and her character is a noble Wakandan spy who wants to do right by the helpless, innocent people around the world who can't fend for themselves. And this pursuit, this goal, is akin to another character in the movie, but I'll get into that in a minute. She's also a former lover of T'Challa's who sees in her a great queen. 
but he's also aware of her responsibilities as a spy and protector of the disenfranchised. Did I say that right? Dis disenfranchised. Oh my god, my English. Guys, err! <laughs> um, as for any other important characters, only two more remain. Winston Duke plays Mbaku, the leader of the Jabari tribe, the only faction that doesn't live in agreement with the other tribes. Um, and Winston plays a very capable warrior, and even if at first is presented as um, an opponent to T'Challa, in the end we get to know him as a very honorable ally who wants nothing more than to see Wakanda safe as well. Winston was also one of the standout performers in Black Panther, not only because of his comedic input, his brute portrayal of M'Baku, but also considering this was the first movie that the actor was in, he was able to give a layered interpretation of this character that in the comics is mostly seen as a villain, and it paved the way to see him return in a more prominent role, maybe in Black Panther 2. But M'Baku was not the main antagonist in this movie, no no. In fact, there is not really an antagonist at all, just a character with opposing ideals from T'Challa played by Michael B. Jordan. The character of Eric Stevens, a.k.a. Killmonger, is yet another, quote-unquote, villain, with some seriously great backstory and reasoning. Jordan gave us such, a, such an emotionally heavy portrayal of Killmonger, a man who has been also marginalized in the past and abandoned by the ones who should protect him. So let's finish off this section of about characters and start discussing the story, starting with Herrick's story. Eric is in fact the son of Njobu, T'Challa's uncle, who had been killed by his own brother, King T'Chaka, back in 1992 in Oakland, where Njobu was stationed as a Wakandan war dog, a Wakandan spy. And he had been stealing vibranium from his country and selling it in America. When T'Chaka finds this out, he is forced to kill his own brother to save the life of a young Zuri. And he also chooses to leave behind the child, Eric. Alone and with no idea what to do, now that his daddy was gone and the rest of his family left him behind. My god, first of all... What a plot twist, what a brutal revelation, the, that changes not only our perspective of T'Chaka, but T'Challa's as well. When he finds out, he, he just doesn't understand his father's actions. And it would be impossible for anyone to not feel pity towards Eric. He was just a kid at the, moment, at the time, and um, in a few moments he had lost everything he ever loved. Of course he would want revenge, nay, nay justice for his father and for everyone who had been ignored by the Wakandan nation. You see, this is where the, this is where the goals of both Nakia and Eric meet. Both want to help the black communities who are powerless against the hate and oppression they receive from the rest of the world, but while Nakia wants to help them feel liberated, um, Eric wants to supply them with vibranium weapons so they can fight back. This is where Eric's objectives become, let's say, evil, somewhat, yes, somewhat evil, 
His desire for vengeance or justice has clouded his, ju his judgment. He doesn't understand that starting an, a necessary war will cause more bloodshed and create more segregation, which will be worse for his people, for the, the ones he wants to protect. But still, his motives are pure. Even if fueled by rage, he, he just wants to, he wants to make it clear to T'Challa that T'Challa's ignorance, Wakanda's ignorance, will not be forgotten and must be exterminated by putting him, Eric, on the throne and with the title of Black Panther as well. Okay, I'm, I think I'm, <laughs> I think I'm moving too fast with the story, so I'll dial it back. Before, let me just say that ignorance is the central theme of the story. Of course, I, I've talked about the the real ignorance millions of people have have or yeah the the million the millions of ignorant people around our world or planet uh, in regards to the social injustices many more face every single day. But what the director, what Ryan Coogler did so well, was make even Wakanda, even T'Challa himself ignorant oblivious to what the rest of the world needs, which is the assistance of a highly advanced, technologically hidden African nation that has the resources to help alleviate the issues the world faces currently and resolve the issues that their past negligence has caused. And this movie is just great at presenting both sides and their benefits and disadvantages we, we do get T'Challa's worry about opening Wakanda to the rest of the world. The country would become a target. People would want um, to take the vibranium from there and create weapons of mass destruction to harm entire cities or even countries. But staying hidden, prolonging the lie that Wakanda is just a nation of farmers, it would also harm the population of Earth because the country has so much to give and teach that not doing so would not only be a damn shame, but also a very dangerous decision, leading to more loss and more division. And Black Panther, the movie, it really makes you think, question your judgment, choose a side. Yes, Killmonger wants to put weapons in the ends of the tormented, and yes, that could lead to a game-changing revolution, but it could also lead to something far worse. But if Wakanda does something, then they might prevent new wars from being waged. Because if they don't, if they keep the same position they have so for so many decades, that could be seen as an act of cowardice, you know. And and yes, lead to new war, new new wars being waged, and that would be counter um, productive to what Wakanda stands for, which is peace. I would say. So T'Challa is faced with a big dilemma, and making up his mind is something he truly struggles with. But like I already told you, I skipped a whole lot of stories, and that's just because oh, this running theme is so interesting, and I could debate around it for hours if I could. But yeah, look, moving forward. Oh, we're actually <laughs> moving back. <laughs> uh, right to the beginning, actually. We get an introductory presentation about the story of Wakanda and Vibranium, the visual graphics they used were really impressive and original, very pleasant to look at. Throughout the movie, um, we also see the various applications of vibranium, and it's really amazing to see. Even if, even if I start wondering what can't vibranium build or do, because it's really a, 
an OP technology, if you ask me. Um, but that's okay. That's the given circumstance of the movie, so I let it slide, I guess. We we get another taste of the Black Panther's combat skills in the first act. He's so agile and strong and badass. His fighting technique and style is one of the best in the MCU, if not the, the very best, I would say. We also get that first scene of entering Wakanda, such an iconic moment. The soundtrack is beautiful, it just lifts up your spirit and places you right in the heart of Africa. And again, the cinematographer did wonders at showing how breathtaking the landscape is in this, in this continent. After landing in Wakanda, T'Challa prepares for the crowning ceremony, which requires a um, a combat challenge. Anyone who would like to defy the king, the king to be, I mean, would have to best him in combat. That's when we first meet um, Winston Duke's Mbaku. Uh, and to make the fight fair, T'Challa needs to lose his Black pa uh, Panther powers by drinking a potion that drains him of any physical enhancements. And his fight with Mbaku is so cool, as is the whole atmosphere the the dancing the singing the spectacle the scenery wow it's just magnificent and very vivid t'challa wins the fight and he orders mbaku to yield as opposed to being killed by the royal warrior and this was an example of how merciful t'challa is reminding his opponent that his people the jabari tribe they need mbaku as a leader um it was really a nice a nice touch that I really liked, just a little moment that showed how, how merciful um, T'Challa is, which is um, an important trait of any king or leader. At last, T'Challa is officially king, and in order to regain his Black pa Panther powers, he needs to drink from the heart-shaped herb potion, which sends him to this ancestral plane where, he, where all the previous Black Panthers are including his own father, uh, T'Chaka, with whom he has a, ooh, just an emotional conversation. Um, T'Challa confesses he's not ready to be without his father, who replies with the line, you're a good man with a good heart, and it's hard for a good man to be king, which reflects his own past mistakes, the dilemmas that King T'Chaka had faced, hinting at that Njobu plot twist that we learn later in the movie. But yeah, after this scene, T'Challa actually finds out Ulysses Claw is in South Korea planning to sell some vibranium and Wakabi, who I had mentioned had lost his fathers to Ulysses Claw's attack, asks his friend T'Challa to either kill Claw or bring him back to Wakanda. And T'Challa promises Wakabi he would do the latter. Unfortunately, after an awesome action scene in the South Korean casino with some amazing camera work, T'Challa loses Claw when Killmonger helps him escape from custody. Um, now, <laughs> you would think that we would see more of Andy Serkis's character after his freedom was recovered, but Eric kills him and decides to use Claw's um, corpse as a way to get inside Wakanda by letting T'Challa's failure um, to capture him be the stimulus that Wakabi needs to turn against his king 
quite a lost hope in T'Challa as a leader. Um, but yeah, we didn't see more of <laughs> of um, of Claw, which was a shame. But oh well. Now that Eric, real name Njadaka, is finally in Wakanda, he confronts his cousin T'Challa and demands a shot at the throne by challenging our hero for the titles of King and Black Panther. And this might be my favorite scene. Michael B. Jordan is so phenomenal and charismatic as Killmonger. T'Challa is clearly distressed by the situation he finds himself in. And he struggles to comprehend how, how could his father or any man do what he did? Abandon a child. This really is a family feud, a tragedy, family tragedy even. With the father's mistake coming back to haunt the son and... There's so much emotional and intellectual conflict in the scene, many have their eyes opened and T'Challa has no choice but to accept N'Jadaka's challenge. So we go back to the cliff where um, T'Challa had beaten Baku at the start of the film and now he was to face his own cousin, his own blood. Killmonger admits that he had waited his entire life for that moment, showing his persistence and willpower, and that killing T'Challa would be the only thing that would quench his thirst for justice, justice for his dad, justice for all the people abandoned by Wakanda. N'Jadaka is a capable fighter, dominating T'Challa almost instantly, and when he's about to land a final blow, Zuri stops him, and Killmonger doesn't hesitate and stabs Zuri, the man who had abandoned him as well when he was a kid, a man that he once knew as Uncle James. And then N'Jadaka throws T'Challa off the cliff into the crushing waterfall and is therefore pronounced King of Wakanda and the new Black Panther. Whew. Wow. Um, what a bold move by Ryan Coogler and Marvel. Of course, T'Challa was still alive, <laughs> having been recovered by the Jabari tribe, but at that moment, we didn't know that, and his friends and family didn't know that. Their only option was to get one heart-shaped herb and give it to M'Baku, so he could have the strength to beat Killmonger. Um, just before Nakia steals that one herb, N'Jadaka was given the Black, power, the Black Panther powers, and he visited the ancestral plane where we saw his dad again and this was another very emotional scene maybe maybe the the most emotional scene in any no no not not in any because there's going to be a lot of emotional scene, scenes to come in the future in future movies but maybe the most emotional scene in this in this film when when uh, eric is with his father again michael b jordan's acting is profound and beautiful. The scene consists of a mix of really memories uh, with um, young Eric and his dad having a conversation that they probably had and but also like a mix of, of that with the with a surreal afterlife element of the ancestral plane. And they talk about the sunset in Wakanda described by Njobu as the most stunning ever and he even asks his son why he's shedding no tears for him. And Eric just tells him that it's just life around here in Oakland. Which really just says it all about the story of the movie, about 
um, yeah, about the themes that I've mentioned before. Such 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 powerful stuff. And I'm so glad. This thing made me feel so glad, so grateful that Kugler spent some t- sen- some decent amount of time with our main antagonist, because we were able to see him as this lost soul, trying to find his way back home. Um, and the depth of this character allowed for some much-needed <sighs> relatability after we got so many villains with unimpressive motives or goals, um, I would say. So, after Njadaka gets the Black Panther powers, he orders for the Garden of the Heart-Shaped Herb to be burned down, which is just an insane move. But of course, like I said, Nakia was able to get just one herb to for T'Challa, who was safe in the Jabari refuge. And in the scene in the Jabari tribe uh, region, M'Baku just proves to be a good man by helping T'Challa and his family. And he also later joins the fight against N'Jadaka, which again was just amazing character development for M'Baku. Uh, moving on, T'Challa also goes back to the ancestral plane when he drinks from the, the potion and he confronts his father this time, tells him how wrong he was to turn his back on the rest of the world and abandon his own nephew. T'Challa realizes what must be done to right his father's wrongs, but first he must stop Killmonger who is ready to send vibranium weapons to the oppressed corners of the world. Battle ensues with the real Black Panther fighting alongside his sister, Nakia, Okoye, Dora Milaje, and the Jabari tribe against Wakabi and his border tribe, and Jadaka with a golden jaguar vibranium suit. <laughs> Normally, I would be, I would have a problem with the villain's suit being similar to the hero's, but here it made sense, because the suit was not designed for, for N'Jadaka, it was designed for T'Challa uh, by, by Shuri, so yes, it made sense, I, I did not have a problem with that. So the battle begins, and uh, overall it is simply an awesome spectacle. We have T'Challa taking out war rhinos, N'Jadaka overpowering Okoye and Dara Milaje and uh, Nakia and Shuri, and... Um, we also have the the Black pa- the Black Panther's kinetic energy releasing abilities <laughs> uh, bring some more color uh, the color of purple to the fight which was really nice but when it's T'Challa versus Killmonger just one on one I was a bit disappointed um, the fight was too much choreographed and it was shot in a poorly lit location. Uh, and taking into, into consideration that both their suits had, like the majority was what uh, was black, like um, T'Challa had black and purple, and uh, Njadaka had black and golden, but most of it was black. Shooting this scene in a also a dark environment, like poorly lit, with some light here and there. I, I don't know. It wasn't. It wasn't really a good choice. I would say. And also, it it didn't really display their combat combat techniques that well. Between the punches and kicks, 
T'Challa did try to explain that N'Jadaka's plans were to divide and conquer just like the colonizers did, but N'Jadaka doesn't listen, and so T'Challa is forced to kill his own blood, stabbing him when he's vulnerable. And as Killmonger's life slowly fades away, he's taken to watch the sunset. T'Challa brings him um, to the outside and wow, it's truly beautiful. Not only the sunset, but the scene as well. T'Challa says that he could save him, could save his cousin, but N'Jadaka doesn't want that. He prefers to die left in the ocean with his ancestors because like he says they knew that death was better than bondage wow what a powerful scene I yeah it was really powerful and even though Killmonger was gone his wishes were not because T'Challa knows that his cousin had a point and that he should change his mind about Wakanda and not fear that the country might lose their way of life if they open their borders because it is always best to use the resources use the what we have to help others so in a post credit scene he announces in a United Nations conference that he will strive to build bridges not barriers <laughs> taking a jab at Donnie T <laughs> and Corta <clears throat> and he starts making plans to build Wakandan International Outreach Centers, the first being right where Njadaka had lost his father, Oakland. And I guess I guess that's that's the end guys. This was, this was a long episode, I know, but this one required me to dig deeper. Um, the message in this movie is just so important and powerful. Wakanda Forever is not just an iconic Marvel line. It's a movement, um, a motto. It implies that we should always fight for what we believe in, to hold our ground and values, to do the right thing, and admit our mistakes. And above all, protect. Protect the people, protect the world, protect... Everything, like T'Challa says, we are one single tribe. We should act like it. Well, as for some final comments, let me add that the other post credit scene teases Bucky's return for uh, Infinity War. Now he is nicknamed White Wolf by some children, which is a moniker the character actually uses in the comics, I believe. Nice reference. The soundtrack is phenomenal. Really powerful music, setting the mood and giving more life to an already fantastic, full-of-life film. The comedy that exists is always welcome. There were no jokes that fell flat, in my opinion. <laughs> Shuri being the most comical character, I'd say. And like I mentioned um, many times already, the themes of this movie are so significantly valuable to anyone. What is the right thing to do? appears to be a question that dominates our protagonist who is played in an excellent epic manner by the great Chadwick Boseman he really was a true hero and 
seeing him as the Black Panther on the big screen was so important for kids around the world. I'm, I'm so happy that they have this movie. I'm so glad we all get this movie. We all have this movie. It's such a masterpiece. Earning an easy 10 out of 10 inside the MCU and a 9 outside the franchise just because there were some contrivances that I don't feel like I should mention right now. But don't be mistaken. This is a must watch for everyone. Whether you like superhero movies or not, even if you are not used to watching movies in general, Black Panther was a remarkable motion picture with a purpose and that purpose to me was to unite the world and I think that it was successful in doing that and we have reached the end of this very long episode I hope you enjoyed my discussion on this movie I think sometimes I can really express my feelings or my opinion that well just because this is such an emotional movie and I don't want to say the, the wrong thing because I know that I'm not in any position to comment on so, so, social injustices that I haven't myself experienced but I, I, I just know how important Black Panther is as a movie as a, a cultural event and yeah it's really one of my favorites in the MCU, undoubtedly the most important entry in the franchise. But tomorrow, though, we rewatch Infinity War, which is another vital addition to to the to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but but in a very different way. <laughs> um, so I'll I'll see you then, guys. Stay safe and goodbye. <laughs>